0: 0% finance, 100% confidence with a 212 Volkswagen at Laharts Volkswagen Kilkenny. We have new car offers including low rate PCP finance on a range of models including the all electric ID3, the iconic Golf and the new Tiguan along with service plans at 12.99 per month. Visit lahartsvolkswagen.ie. Volkswagen. Finance provided by Volkswagen Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply. With a look back over the weekend sport action, this is Full Time on KCLR with Eddie Scully.
1: And you're very welcome to this week's edition of Full Time with myself, Eddie Scally. I almost uh, f- forgot my own intro there. It was coming in. I'm kind of half asleep. But we have a great show on for you today. I'll be delighted to be joined later in the show by Richie Power, former Kenny Herder. Anya Fahi is going to be in to talk to me about all things camogie. Kevin O'Ryan from Racing TV is going to be chatting to us about this weekend's Oaks. And to talk about all the other cracking games over the weekend, I'm joined on the line by my good friend Eddie Dyle now. Eddie, good evening. Good evening, Ed. How are you? Very good, thanks. Eddie? What a, what a weekend of Hurland, um, like it was just, all weekend it was just bang bang bang, game after game, it was just, it's it's what we live for.
2: Ah, uh, definitely, yeah, we had good weather and good hurling. yeah, it was brilliant, It's uh, the business end of the year, you know, no matter whether it's county or it's club, you know, so it's, uh, yeah, really exciting things and, you know, I suppose we're all looking, after the year we've had, we're really looking forward to something and I think I think the hurling Championship is really kicking off now. With, yeah, it's, it's looking good
1: Yeah, and first, before we get into the county games I just want to say congratulations to yourself You're managing the Blacks and Whites Junior D team And you won the All-Counties League yeah. yesterday That must have been a nice buzz for you Yeah,
2: we won the, the, the league, yeah, the Junior D.D That's just great, look, no matter what you're involved in, in Klikin, it's hard to win So, yeah, we had a, a great old battle against C.R.O. yesterday And look, we'll be meeting again in a couple of weeks' time So, uh, in the first round of the championship So, bigger praise on that day But, yeah, no, it was really good And really good game, in fairness So, I like it
1: no, and we switch our attention now to county hurling games. First up, I want to talk to you about is the Waterford Leash game. You know, is this a massive Leash revival and a and a, and a bit of wizardry from from Cheddar Plunkett, or is it more, you know, Waterford just aren't at it? Yeah, well, I think I, I think
2: maybe a bit of both, and that's not sitting on the fence. I think looking at Leash yesterday, I mean, I was I was probably very critical of him when here talking to you a couple of weeks ago. Um, I thought they were negative and. And I just thought, tactically, they were very, very poor. But yesterday, they were more off the cuff. They were having a go at, at Waterford. And I thought, yeah, definitely leash were improving and definitely had something to offer. But I, I was happy looking at them. And, but on the other side of it, I think Waterford had a really, really, you know, day days shooting. They had, what, had 19 or 20 vibes. They had a goal that was this loud. They had another great opportunity to go of a goal as well. So, but then I think, I think... Leash were, were good, I think, in fairness, and um, got some cracking scores. But I do think Waterford were, were well off the pace and they have to have massive improvements to have any chance the next game.
1: And just before we kind of switch off of that game, Waterford, like everyone had said, the Leash game was going to be a confidence builder for whoever drew Leash, you know, and that's not being disrespectful to Leash. That was not the case with Waterford yesterday, at random or on Saturday, at random very, very close and, you know, some might say were quite unlucky as well. Going into the last four or five minutes of the game, there was only a point between them. But Waterford's next opponents are Galway, who, you know, are in desperate need of a bit of a confidence booster themselves after the the lackluster performance against Dublin. You know, does it set it up? Whichever team wins this game, could they actually get a bit of a steamroll going and maybe like Waterford in last year's All Ireland final like? Yeah, definitely, but like
2: any team that wins anything or achieves like they look back on the season and there's generally a turning point in the season. that to look back and say, yeah, that's, that's what we kicked on our season. And whether that be something negative to happen or something positive. Um, so like, Galway against Dublin, that could be the, the turning point for them. Uh, yesterday, or Saturday, with, with Waterford, that could be the turning point for them. I mean, I, I think Waterford, like if that converts half their chances, they would have had Leash blown away early on. But the longer that Leash stayed in it, the more dangerous they became. And like, with that goal, the last goal leash got, they were ahead with that goal. So, Waterford just needs to have a better start. And they need to start putting the ball over the bar. And uh, I'd actually give them a great chance to get Waterford and, or against Galway. Um, and if if they can get over Galway, get a performance together, like, like you said, their last year's all earned and the finalist news are not so far away I don't think they're, they're
1: so far away at all yeah i think it's going to be an intriguing battle i definitely will be siding with galway there um just on on the well, basis that right i there, think man. yeah <laughs> on the basis that i just always tipped them to win all the time and they just it's the hope they're that kills you with galway um, you yeah, so have to keep him at the in laws you're right Uh the wexford Clear game um the you know it was a good match it was very exciting to watch but you know to probably more questions about wexford's setup and how they went on and went what way they went about that game than anything after would you agree
2: 100 percent. Like the first quarter, it was just it was Clare. All Clare Wexford were just weren't at the races at all, and didn't look to threaten anything uh, Clare goal really or anything like that. But when Wexford came out and they pushed a couple of players into the full forward line later on in the game and actually had a go at at Clare, Wexford were very very good in fairness to them. And look at it, they definitely lost in the first quarter of the game, hundred percent of it. Um, like. Lee Chin in the full forward lane and Connor Mack in the full forward lane. They are leads, like, you know, and that's, you know, if you're involved in the team, you want dangerous forwards in the full forward lane. You want goals win games. And, you know, you score goals from being in the full forward lane. You don't score goals from having all them players out from midfield or the party, But You know, you have to have them in full goal. And when they went in there, they looked dangerous.
1: Um, why would you think that Davey Fitzgerald set up that way um, with the Wexford like when you looked at the team selection and very early in the game you could see Chinner was going to be out around the half forward and you could see Conor Mack was out around wing forward O'Connor seemed to be well out the field like was he setting up to make them very hard to beat and then trying to finish them off in the last quarter or, or was there something more to it could you could you make it you know to be fair here Yeah well like, I totally
2: understand what you're saying as regards make them hard to beat but is Kevin Foley like is his job not, like, is he, like that make Wexford hard to beat that's his job you know so, and, and the other six backs and the other midfielders when I mean, you haven't got the ball so they're compact and they've got an extra defender back there and all that so that's Wexford hard to beat but you can't take yourself out of the game by having some of your best forwards playing 40-50 metres from the goal I mean you have to back your own team too I think personally anyway you can't you can't always be worrying about the other team the opposition and who you're playing and you know, that that's teams or other players obviously you give massive respect and new respect and especially at that level where you have people who can change games really really quick but you have to back your own team too and you have to you know back your own players and, and like Kevin Foley playing where he plays gives Wexford really really good defensive system and he's very very good at it. and he's playing there what, probably four years now with Sean Murphy was the first sweeper that Wexford had and after that the first year then was Kevin Foley he's a very very experienced man back there he does make Wexford hard to beat Along with the other defenders as well. But definitely you have, you have to back your own team too. You have to have a goal. And like you said, it was nearly like that Davy was saying, look, we won't, we won't be beaten in the first quarter. Well, the actual reality is they were beaten in the first quarter. And that's it. That's black and white.
1: And that sets Clare up now for a, a, a next round tie with Cork which again in fairness to Brian Lohan he seems to be very positive in his tactics with Clare he goes out and goes after games Cork equally like to mix it up they go short they go long you know they've they've tried it that'll be a cracking game there, there, there won't be much between these think, two Yeah, I
2: think that will be a cracker and I think it's 50-50 I think it'll be a really really good game like two very fast and mobile teams I think that's book
1: the game of the year so far. Yeah, it'd be interesting to, to look back on that one next week but speaking of games of the year so far there's no question which game is going to be the game of the year yeah. so far and that was yesterday's Munster final between Limerick and Tip. It was an OD to Munster finals of, of years gone by. It was two teams down in tools and just going straight at it for 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 70 odd minutes of hurling. Uh what did you make of it? I well, thought Tipperary
2: were absolutely brilliant in the first half, I really did. Um kept to men when during the match from Tipperary, I couldn't actually believe how good Tip were. Um, like, I think I don't think anyone would have tipped them to give that performance at all. Never mind uh, the results or any of that. But I think the performance level of Tip was just exceptional in the first half, and then of course when came back in the second half. What was it? Ten points down at half time, and came back to win by what they did. So really, really good Our per- first half performance by Tip and a, a brilliant, brilliant performance in the second half with really. him. Really, really good game. It's enjoyable. Exciting and intense. Yeah,
1: definitely. And just just looking at the game because, like, I've been a big critic of Limerick. I I, I love I love their players individually. Garrod Hegarty Kyle Hayes. Lynch you know there's so many really good Aaron Galland they've got fabulous fabulous hurlers but I felt that Limerick had this kind of an attitude of we'll just slap it over the bar from 70 yards we don't need to go for goals but yesterday they needed goals and I always wondered what would happen when they did need goals but Kyle Hayes's goal yesterday I, I, I've watched it about nine times today Yeah, you could argue he took too many steps in one of the parts of the play but take that aside everything about that goal was just spectacular
2: Yeah definitely and uh... Not to take away from Kyle Hayes, yeah, 100%. I think it was was brilliant. It was just power, pace. It was everything, you know. When he got down to the 14-yard line, it was the finish as well. It was brilliant. But look on the flip side of it. If you're Liam Sheedy and you're looking at the goal, how many tackles got in. Uh, I think he passed. I think he only passed one player, if you look at it again. One player only got a tackle. One chased him on the way from halfway. He tackled. Someone else tackled him just inside. his uh, 65. And he was running for goal. And was the Pádraig Maher was coming out? Yeah. And Park Maher actually followed the, the player making space. And left the whole door open for Kyle Hayes. to he his run. So I think that was a very, very... I think it was very, very poor defending by Tip. And in particular, Pádraig I think it was surprisingly very, very poor defending by him. But again, it was a fantastic goal by Kyle Hayes. Definitely a, obviously brilliant But I don't think Tip would be very, very happy with letting someone run 70, 75 metres.
1: I'm only getting in one tackle. No. That Fair enough, Eddie. 10, 10, 10. No, I, I take your point. Eddie, I've, I've got one minute left with you, and I just want to ask you one question on this. And that's Limerick seemed to get all the rub of the green with these wild swings and the late pulls. You know, am I being harsh on Limerick saying that they're you know they're getting away with it too much now? There was a pull on Kahal Barrett yesterday that was a certain red card in my opinion. A pull on Joe Canning Lasher in an all ireland semi final that was a certain red card. And it's it's happening every week. Like they seem to have these wild swings and they just don't get punished. What's your take on that?
2: Well definitely yesterday didn't. I agree hundred percent it was uh, it was a red card. But I think they're probably it's it's probably it's very fashionable now to, to scrutinize everything that they're doing as well. The, the goal that Kyle has got, that's one part of the game or the point-taking, but also know their tackling is, is, is under fierce scrutiny by everyone as well. Um, definitely, like I said, the, the tackles you mentioned were all offences, they were all carried, maybe sending off, like yesterday, I think the pullback back was, was very, very bad. Um, but that's, that's become a part of, of all games, not just Limerick. And um, the fact that we see Limerick on television so much now in finals and all that, like the Kenny a few years ago, where they're the team they're really looking at most every year. So they're the team that gets scrutinized most every year. Look, whether, whether they're playing on the edge, whether they're playing over that line, um, I don't really know, to be honest. Like it's, it's not sitting on the fence, but you hope that referees are not letting away too much of what they shouldn't be doing. They have a, they have a tough game, a tough job as well on the field. But also, you don't want referees camping down and making an example of people either. Like. You just want them to implement the rules that are there. Um, that's that's my own opinion on it.
1: To be honest. Yeah, no, no, I I, I take it fully. I think if if you look back on the Cottle Barrett incident yesterday, and not asking the referee to uh, sit on the fence or do it, and ask them to look at it and see if a wild swing back and smack straight across the legs isn't a red card in hurling, I don't know what is. But
2: yeah, but if you look, you see that though in all in all games, Eddie, and, and, and hurling obviously more than foot and Gaelic football because like, obviously you're carrying a hurl. But it's, and the way hurling has gone now, there's more contact now. But if you break a tackle. And watch people break a tackle on television, whether it be football or hurling. They're guarding the ball with one hand, and as soon as they break the tackle, they are pushing back with their free hand. In Gaelic football, obviously, there's no hurling involved, and they're getting away with it. doesn't look as ferocious. But in hurling, not just that wild pull yesterday, but you look at someone breaking a tackle, and they will push back with that hurl, that, that, that free hand that's carrying the hurl. And look, at sometimes you do see it as a, as a slap more so than a push. Yesterday, now, was actually a wild swing. But you do you do see that in, in in games more in the last year or two as well with the
1: nature of the way the game has gone No, Eddie on that note spoken like a true filthy cornerback I'll I'll take it I'll take <laughs> I'll take your word for it enjoy whatever match you're going to watch this evening and again congratulations yeah. to you and all the lads there yesterday on a great win in the Junior D league final and I look forward to speaking to you again next week Eddie come on take care that is of course Eddie Doyle we're going to take a quick ad break there and I'll be coming back to you with Anya fahi after this have your Skoda
3: ready for the back to school run with a Skoda service at Lahart's Skoda, Kilkenny, from only 179 euro today. Book online today at laharts.ie or call
0: 056 7704700. T's and C's apply. Full time on or with well, thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahart's, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. LahartsVolkswagen.ie. Andrew,
1: very welcome back to full time on KCLR and I'm joined on the line now by Anya Fahi to talk all things Camogie Anya, thanks a million for taking my call No, all well,
4: no thanks for, ha- for
1: having me Anya, the, we'll start with the, the senior Camogie team, uh, obviously the championship started back up again this weekend they're defending all Ireland champions and their first day out um, over the weekend against Clare um, 22 points to 16 point win what was the performance
4: like? I think you know, they had um they had a very consistent performance. Um, you know, they they just did it they did they went down, they did what they had to do. Very tough um ask for them to go down to Six Mile Bridge, you know, the home of real Claire Hurlan down there. Um, but they went down a couple of changes to starting lineup um, had very solid performances from Katie Nolan, who was exceptional, scoring four f- points from play. Denise Gall, as always, um, excellent on free-taking. Miriam um, was thrown in to um, two excellent points there as well. So overall, a good performance from the team. Um, good to see some fresh legs coming in, especially with Katie Power. Like- what a player to be able to introduce um, off the off the bench there, you know, a player of her caliber and being able to bring her in. And it really kind of makes the rest of the girls stand up as well. So great to see her coming in and, and getting a, a good run of championship as well.
1: And, you know, when you're coming in as defending All-Ireland champions, it's, you know, it's everyone says it's it's very, very hard because you're the hunted now, you know, and, and, and everyone has a target on your back. Like... Clare have been improving over the last number of years in Camogie. I know they, you know, you go back 10, 11 years there were you know, they were a proper stronghold there but it, the last few years they've kind of slipped away but in the last 3 or 4 years they've started to build back up again. Like, In fairness to Clare I'm sure they'll take a lot of confidence out of that putting 16 points up against the All-Ireland Champions. <laughs>
4: Yeah, they certainly will. Like, I think they can be very proud of the performance that they put in, and you know they'll probably they'll probably have learned an awful lot from that particular match against Kilkenny. Um, I would say now that they're probably pushing, uh, edging closer to getting into that top four, top five space for for senior teams at the moment. Like, they certainly thrown everything at Kilkenny, and you know made life quite difficult for Kenny for Kilkenny in particular in the last fifteen minutes. Um, Emer Kelly was just constantly on the ball, running and that the full article Kenny full back line and Chloe Morey was she was exceptional at free I think she had 11 place balls and um, 2 from two from play as well so you know they're certainly coming and they'll certainly take a lot of confidence going into their next game you know a little bit of a, a tough task now again to have to play against Galway but I think they'll take a lot of um, encouragement and confidence from the performance against Kilkenny and they'll be eyeing up definitely um, a position in the quarter final and will be looking to get to the knockout stages too
1: and up next for the Kilkenny Camogie team which team is it up next for them?
4: So, up next then, you're looking at Westmead on Saturday in Westmead. Um, so, you know, Westmead had a very difficult day at the office against Galway last weekend. Um, so, I suppose Kilkenny, they're, they're probably not so much looking forward to Kilkenny coming up to Mullingar as well. But Westmead have a huge tradition of Camogie. They've been they've been excelling through the ranks under the, the reins of Johnny Gravel there for the last couple of years, in particular winning the Intermediate two years ago. Now, I know Johnny has stepped away, but, you know, the management team that are there now would have... still have a lot of the players unfortunately Pamela Greville has retired so she's going to be a massive loss to Westmead but they do have a really good underage um, development coming through there I think they won the under 16 B All Ireland um, over the weekend as well so it will be encouraging from that point of view but I think Kilkenny are just going to have way too much for them on the day Um, and you know Kilkenny will probably be looking to that match as their last real run out before they they play Galway which I'd say would probably be a top the table clash.
1: And would that be the Type of game where you'd expect Brian to maybe blood some of one of the some of the younger girls. I know he's been doing that consistently over the the last number of months. He's been throwing in players because I see the team sheets and I'm kind of looking down and I'm trying to work out who's that girl or what club she's from. You know what? I wouldn't be the household names as such, but I'm. Is it a game where you could see Brian maybe trying out a couple of the squad players to get them in there and get them game time on the pitch?
4: Um, I think he might have one or two changes. I don't think he'll go to anything too drastically. I think the one thing about this Kilkenny team and the management team as well, they don't really take any team for granted. And even though like all of us would be certainly expecting a huge win for Kilkenny on Saturday, the lads will kind of keep the guards very much grounded and make them realise that it doesn't matter who they're going out against, they'll have to respect every opponent. It, it, on the other side like he is trying to probably nail down the starting 15 for the knockout stages of the championship as well and he's going to want to have girls working together um, being constantly on the field so it's kind of a catch-22 really for him because the year is so congested do you like throw in a couple of new girls see what they're made of or do you kind of start solidifying your starting 15 that you're potentially going to have hopefully for an All-Ireland semi-final or, or if not the All-Ireland quarter-final it's hard to kind of grasp what to do but um, I'm sure the lads I'm sure that this is something that they've been thinking about over the last couple of weeks and will nail it down on
1: the day The other Kilkenny team that was out at the weekend was of course the under 16s who were playing in the A All-Ireland final against Cork beaten on a scoreline of 2 goals and 10 points to 2 goals and 12 points but the two teams they put up a cracking game here yesterday
4: Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And your heart will go out to the under-16s, you know. I think that they've just been so consistent throughout the year and they've been really battling so well. And Seamus and his management team have done so well with them. And I suppose it's heartbreaking because when they're so young they, they think that this is the be all and end all of it. But I think Kilkenny Camogie is in such a really good in such a really good space and particular with this team, like these group of girls were they're gonna be playing in plenty of all Ireland in years to come. You know, they're going to move on to the minor ranks next year and then in a couple of years time like a lot of those girls are going to become household names um through the senior team. Like, you know, you have to remember a lot of our a lot of senior girls and even the intermediate girls, they lost under 16 and minor All-Ireland and just just like the girls did at the weekend and now look at them, they're you know they're household names in the country like Davina Tobin for example and anybody can correct me if I'm wrong on this I don't think Davina has an under 16 or a minor All-Ireland and now she's one of the most prolific defenders in the country and a household name at this stage an all-star winner last year a two All-Ireland win, a two All-Ireland medals in her back pocket so you know what I would say to these girls yep yeah, the weekend was very hard to take a two point loss the conditions you know the heat; it would just drain anybody. But they can be very, very proud of themselves, and very, very proud of their performance. And they
1: did everybody in Cloghenny very, very proud. Yeah, I spoke to uh, well. I didn't actually speak to him. I was on the the preview show for the Leinster final, and Ronnie was talking to Brendan Hennessy. And in fairness to, to Adrian Ronan, there he, he's part of the backroom team with the under-16s, and his daughter, of course, yeah. uh, Lauren is playing in corner forward. She had a cracking game yesterday as well. In fairness, as well, but mm-hmm. but Ronnie had said, and he was a pains to point it out, like Cork were overwhelming favourites coming into this game. They'd beaten every team that played by double digits. Um, you know so it's I know it's a hard thing to say and it's a hard thing to take for the for the girls, but they can take some serious solace in the fact that there was only a score between the two teams at the end of that match, especially with Cork being so dominant at that age group this year.
4: Yeah, absolutely, and you know what, Kilkenny kind of went into that, I would imagine Kilkenny went in, and I'm sure Seamus and Adrian and um, all the lads that are involved in him probably had the mindset into the girls, like, you know, we don't care what Cork are after doing in the previous games, you're Kilkenny you're well capable of doing this and kind of put like, a, maybe a no fear mentality into this group of guys, like they weren't going to go out and just turn up on the day for Cork to just be handed a trophy they went out, they threw thrown absolutely everything at them, they were drained coming off the field um, so yeah like you know Cork may have been an overwhelming favourite but Kilkenny certainly didn't make it um, easy for them at all
1: and before I let you go on, you there as well just, just on the actual senior camogie games over the weekend there was no real big shocks I suppose the one that stood out to me anyway and I was delighted to see it uh, was Wexford beating Limerick I'd say that probably sent ripples through uh, the Camogie Association I don't think too many people were expecting that no I
4: Definitely not like, and I think you know, um, from us kind of seeing what Limerick had produced in the in the um, league in the league against ourselves, like you know, Rand took any very very close, um, and then for Wexford to turn around and beat them by, I think it was a two put two or uh, two or three points. Two in the points, end. yeah, so, yeah. You know, that was a big, that was a big one there for Wexford. You know, Wexford are only after coming up from Division 2, so you have to bear that in mind as well that they've been playing against more or less all intermediate teams, bar maybe one or two. Um, You know, and then to step up to the mark, first day out, Back into the senior ranks, and you know to put up a performance like that against Limerick, who would have had you know a very good league run, and people would have kind of fancied them to make the knockout stage as well. So excellent work to the lads down in Wexford, and you know it definitely was definitely was a cracker um, of a game, I'm sure. But I also think down very very unlucky against Waterford. Their first year of senior, and to just get tipped at the post, best best Carton converting a free at the last pocket ball, um, to um make sure that Waterford got the win there. So Down will be um Down be a little bit disappointed with that performance in their side of the group as well.
1: Yeah, it's just looking. I think with the third group this year in the in the in the Camogie, I think it's set up for a couple of shocks this year. I could, I that's it. you know like you see teams like Down that you know they're going to be very hard to break down. They're going to work very hard. Teams like Waterford, players like Beck Carton, and then obviously Wexford. I seen the team sheet yesterday. Katrina Parrott came on as a sub everybody remember Katrina from her days you know when they were winning all Ireland she came on as a sub yesterday and scored a goal with the first touch of the ball in with about 5 mm-hmm. minutes to go you know so i think we're in for a very exciting year this year in the camogie and if Kilkenny are going to do back to back they're going to have to really really go out and earn it
4: yeah, they certainly are, and I think, like you know, I think the girls themselves would have probably learned a lot from you know 2000 and after winning the All Ireland in 2016, in 2017, you know, they kind of went in. I suppose there was probably a lot of pressure on their shoulders, and they probably didn't um, cope too well with it. Um, but I think that this year they know that they're going in as All Ireland champions. They know that they're going in heavily favourites but I don't think it's going to get to them probably as much as it did back then I think they've matured so much as a panel there's so much fresh blood in there and you know the like, you know with Brian with Pat O'Neill with Tommy Shefflin with Ray with all the lads that are involved with them I think they're really going to keep the girls grounded and make sure that their main fo- main focus is literally just going to be on winning an all Ireland not retaining an all Ireland more so than anything this year
1: I agree with you 100% Anya and I hope to be having lots of chats with you on Monday evenings as we, as we carry through a whole Championship campaign and hopefully to Crow Park for the the girls to go and win this year's All Ireland Championship on Hopefully,
4: thanks very much.
1: That's Thank brilliant. you. Thanks a million, Anya. That is, of course, Anya Fahi talking all things Camogie to me. There, we're going to take a quick ad break there, and I'll be back with Richie Power after this.
0: Full time on KCLR. Thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahard's, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny. Lahard
1: and you're very welcome back to full-time on KCLR. Of course, this weekend was the Leinster hurling final on Saturday night, and that was contested between Kilkenny and Dublin. And joining me on the line to have a quick chat about the game is, of course, former Kilkenny hurling star, Richie Power. Richie, good evening. Eddie, how are things? You well? Very good, thanks. Very good. Richie, uh, seeing you up in Crow Park, you, you, you obviously were very happy with the result. Yeah, of
3: course, Eddie. You'd have to be happy with the result. Any time you win a Leinster Championship, it's it's, it's a good um, it's a good start to the year, so... Um, and I suppose the big thing from it is there, there's probably a lot of improvement as well going into an all-earned semi-final that, that the lads are probably aware of themselves so you know all in all very good results and plenty of improvement for a semi-final
1: and, and Richie just like going into the game itself um, to be fair to the Kilkenny players it was like you would have had experiences of this when you were playing yourself like a lot of people were kind of trying to hype up Dublin build up Dublin they'd beaten Galway and I know you wouldn't take a team for granted anyway but is it fair to say that you know the majority of the people going into Crow Park were expecting a Kilkenny win so the lads were kind of on a hiding to nothing no matter what if they win you were expected to win and if they lose it's a massive shock
3: yeah I, I, I suppose you, you, you summed it up well there Eddie you know and I, I think after the, the semi-final results I suppose Kilkenny were installed as, as, as favourites you know and, and overwhelming favourites but you know I think you know what you said there is correct you know if they win they're expected to win and if they lose people will see it as, as, a, as a huge disappointment and, and a massive setback for Kilkenny so look I think the players themselves you know they, they they were probably cagey enough in the first half and maybe that's the reason for it you know it was you know, it was kind of like two heavyweight boxers, kind of sussing each other out, really, for the first 35 minutes, and and Kilkenny kind of up to the gear then. But um, yeah, look, definitely, I think they have done what they had to do, and um, they're Leinster champions for the second year in a row, and you know they're they're and now on an Ireland semi final in three weeks' time.
1: And, and kind of the standout performers on the day, uh, Richie. I know Hugh Lawler got man of the match and and deservedly so. I thought Paddy Deegan, I thought Paddy Deegan gave an exhibition as well in in, in there in the backline too. I thought yeah they, they were they were they were very very good. The both of them.
3: Yeah no look they were brilliant um, and you know I suppose you're
2: know,
3: probably the two guys you mentioned there are probably I don't know are they you know better maybe on the half back line or more comfortable on the half back line or Paddy maybe around the middle of the field but I thought the two more absolutely brilliant um, and I think James Maher as well you know I I think he kind of started. He was under a bit of pressure with Danny Sutcliffe, um, you know, because we all know how good Danny Danny Sutcliffe can be, and you know, I think James really got to grips with him, you know, as the game went on, and he he ended up with three points as well. So, you know, I think as as a as a backline, I think Kenny will be very very happy, um, you know, and I, I think then maybe from midfield up. You know, there's probably a lot of players that that know themselves. There's a lot more in them, and there's a lot more of improvement in them as well coming coming into a semi-final. So, you know, from that from that reason, you know, you have to be happy being a continuing supporter because you know there is huge amounts of improvement there. And you know, they've three weeks to do it now and get get things right for a semi-final and and hopefully right the wrongs of last
1: year. And then just just on it, Richie, the, the, the point you're saying from the lads up the field, like Adrian Mullen at midfield. I know he hit a couple of wides early in the game, but he he really settled into the game, and it's you can see he's starting to come back to himself like he's coming back from a really bad injury and it's it's gonna take a bit of time but I think there was flashes of brilliance from Adrian as well on 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 Saturday night.
3: Oh no absolutely and and you know what I think Adrian really kinda led led by example being being captained, you know, like he's a very young captain and you know I think there were one or two instances in the second half I he he went across the field and, and gave someone a pat on the back and just gave him a bit of encouragement as well, which was which was great to see because, you know, for a young guy sometimes it's hard to do that, but he really stepped up to the mark, and of course you can see the brilliance that's that's there for Adrian you know, and like, in fairness, he is coming back from a cruciate ligament injury you know, sometimes it takes players two to three seasons to get back to their best, and you know, we definitely saw flashes of of Adrian's best you know, on on Sunday, and you know that game will have brought him on an an awful lot as well, to get that 70 minutes under the belt so, you know, and in fairness you know, midfield, new position for him as well in the second half, and I thought he said the role very very
1: well. And the the, the last question I want to just ask you about there is is the actual Kilkenny panel this year and, and the use of the Kilkenny panel like you know I've seen it for a few years there we were kind of and I, I don't want to say this in the wrong way, like, but we were kind of struggling in the sense that there was maybe one or two subs that come in. The impact wasn't the same as it had been of old, you know. Go back 10 years ago, there were subs coming in off the bench and you knew, Jesus, these lads are going to make a difference. But the Kilkenny subs bench again this week, they contributed eight points coming off the bench and it was the same against Wexford. I think it was even more. I think it was 110 or something off the bench. Like, There, there is a big squad of players in there. That Kilkenny squad is, is, is motoring along nicely.
3: No, of course it is and it's great to see, you know, and like as you said, you had James Bergen, Alan Murphy, Walter Welsh coming off the line, you know, and they're they're going to be pushing hard for, for a starting spot in the in the Ireland semi final. So I tell you, personally I wouldn't like to be picking the team because there's there's definitely in the six forwards there's probably 9, 10, 11, and you've Richie Hogan coming back fit as well, that, that can fill the, the six slots, so, it look, it, it's all it's all positive from a Kilkenny point of view, um, and I think the next three weeks are, are going to be really, really focused on, on a semi-final and getting themselves right, and then obviously you know, when they find out who they're going to be playing, it's to, to kind of do a bit of homework on how they set up and how they play for a semi-final, and, you know, I think last year's defeat really, really hurts players and management, and I think they're really out to prove a point this year, and you know, after the weekend, hurling. You know, who wouldn't like to see a Kilkenny Kenny Limerick aller in finals.
1: And just just before I let you go, Richie, I suppose I, 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 it'd be remiss me not. To, did you find that second half performance from Limerick nearly frightening to watch?
3: Um, yeah, it was. I suppose. Do um, you know the the, the the first eighteen minutes hurling was was as good as I've seen in a long time. Um, you know, and you have to give him great credit. You know, now in fairness. Tipperary made them look very, very ordinary in the first thirty five minutes. Um and I, I maybe questioned had, had the bubble burst a little bit in Limerick, but you know, certainly there was a lot of there was a lot of harsh words spoke at half time and, and Paul Cinurk, you know, definitely, you know, was was, was needed on, on Sunday. But um look absolutely, I think they're they're a phenomenal team. They have the makings, you know, they're very, very strong and it's gonna take a serious, serious effort and a serious team to to get one over on Limerick. Um but, you know, it, there's there's definitely teams out there that can that can definitely scare them and, and hopefully hopefully do that.
1: Um, but just taking the game on its own merits, the fact that, Kilke- or that Tip had put such a scoreline up and had a 10-point lead at half-time, like, Tip, without being disrespectful to them, they're an aging team. Like, they're a team that's probably on the wrong side of 28, 29, 30. They were always going to run out of steam, you would imagine. Well,
3: that's, that's it, Eddie. I think they just completely gassed out. Um, they gassed themselves out because... They put in such a shift in the first thirty-five minutes, and in that heat, in those conditions, it was just—it was frightening. Um, you know the heat the, over the weekend, and I think that's what it was. They, they just had nothing left in the legs, and you know, in fairness to Liam Sheedy, he tried to bring on a few players to freshen things up. And at that stage, the tide had turned, and you know, there was only going to be one winner once once Limerick got back within got back to within a couple of pints of Tipperary. And for me, it was only a matter of how much they were going to win it by.
1: So, if you're prepared to play Limerick in a Northern fight. In an All Ireland final, do you focus on that first half performance or the second half?
3: Um, <laughs> look, I, I think you have to focus on Limerick as a whole and, and what they bring to us. Um, you know, but look, Kilkenny Kilkenny brought that in in twenty nineteen, and, and and look what they've done. And you know, luckily enough, Kilkenny were able to keep it going uh, gradually to the uh, to the final whistle. I know they were hanging on at the end, but look, there is there there's holes there, and I think Tipperary really, you know, found holes when they scored the goals against Limerick yesterday, and I think that's. That's an aspect that any team that comes up against Limerick is going to look at. You know that when they ran at when they ran at the Limerick defence, there is there are goals to be got. Um, so that's maybe one avenue that teams will look at. But overall, you just have to bring a savage, savage intensity against Limerick because you know if they bring what they brought in the second half yesterday to a semi final and a final, it's it's going to be very, very hard to see in there.
1: Oh, that's brilliant, Richie. Thanks million for taking my call. We're in for a, a very exciting next five weeks. I think are we?
3: Absolutely Eddie, yeah, starting next weekend, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. I think there's gonna be some some really, really good games over the next couple of weekends and uh we we'll look forward to three weeks time and, and see who shows up against Kilkenny
1: Brilliant you're a star thanks a million for taking the call Sorry, Richie no better thought that is of course Richie Power former Kilkenny hurler there chatting to us about the Kilkenny win at the weekend and it was a, a, a brilliant win for Kilkenny there's no taking away from it I know all the plaudits are going to Limerick after winning their Munster title but that's back to back Leinster titles for Kilkenny Brian Cody's 17th as manager which is just absolutely phenomenal when you say it out loud that this man has been standing on a sideline in Crow Park winning 17 Leinster titles you know you just have to tip your hat to to Brian Cody there's not enough words to describe his brilliance as a manager we're going to switch our attention to horse racing after this break and I'm going to be joined on the line by Racing TV pundit Kevin O'Ryan we're going to take a break there
0: Full Time on KCLR. So thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lohards, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. LohardsVolkswagen.ie.
1: And you're very welcome back to Full Time on KCLR. We're into the final furlong of today's show and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Racing TV pundit Kevin O'Ryan. Kevin, good evening.
4: Very
5: good evening Eddie. Enjoying the weather?
1: Absolutely loving it Kevin. I've the aircon on here in full whack and myself and own carrier sitting adjacent to each other in bikinis here just keeping cool. That's all we can do, Kev. <laughs>
5: Now,
1: Eddie, that would not be a nice day <laughs> doing a vacuna. That's not nice now, talking on like that. No. We know I'd look okay. <laughs> uh, no, Kev, uh, all jokes aside, look, the the weekend in uh, HQ in, in, in the Curra, we had the, the Judmont Irish Oaks, and it was won very impressively again by Snowfall. Eight and a half lengths win. Is she the next enabler? What's going on here?
5: Uh, well, it's very hard to compare. them. enabler is one of the best fillies we've ever we have seen in in recent generations, to be fair, but she's gone in the right track. She's a long way to go to make up for the Navel, But I think the step up, and I, th- I think the step up and trip. I think there's a couple of factors. I think the uh, physically she's done really well. She's strengthened up from two to three. She plenty of runs as a two-year-old, and to see her in the parade ring now in the flesh, there's a massive improvement. She's really strengthened up. She's quite a big filly, and she's really grown into that frame. I think the step up and trip has brought out more improvement. Uh, hence obviously she was a good winner of the Musidora over a mile and a quarter and then she was a record breaking winner of the Epsom Oaks on bottomless ground and uh, she ran out an 8.5 winner the other day, she's beaten Divinely who of course was the choice of Ryan Moore in Epsom as well, but she's a typical one of Aiden O'Brien's and these Phillies start improving, you just don't know when it's going to end, do you?
1: Yeah, but this is like, the one I found most intriguing about Snowfall is like, as you say, in Epsom Snowfall won on bottomless ground, like It absolutely hosed up. I think the winning distance was something like 14 lengths or 16 lengths. It was an insane win. And the ground on Saturday was complete opposite. It was good to firm ground. So the horse is obviously completely ground versatile. It doesn't make any difference, does it?
5: No, good horse will go on any ground. Without extremes. Now, okay, that was an extreme, but uh, in Epsom. But a good horse, Eddie, let him flatter jumpers. Proper horse will go on any type of ground. Uh, We've seen with and down through the years, obviously, uh, Uh, ah the filly her name me, a very good filly Minding of course uh, wasn't it Minding Yeah, that won the champion stakes last year just kept on improving at racing Uh, Peeping Fawn another one uh, that just kept on improving at racing as well and Aidan has just got a knack with these horses that's why obviously he's one of the greatest trainers that we've ever seen but watching her in the parade I was working for Racing TV the other afternoon she's a beautiful temperament it was very warm 28-29 degrees She walked around the parade ring like a a child's pony. Never batted an eyelid, never turned a hair, totally relaxed throughout the race as well, and just got a beautiful temperament. I'd imagine the next time we'll see her speaking to Aidan, actually on Racing TV the other day, uh, the uh, Yorkshire Oaks are the next target for her. And uh, she's in, she's in, obviously, the Irish champion stake. She's uh, could run in the Prix de l'Arc Triomphe. She could go to America. Uh, she's in the King George as well. There's loads of different options, but I'd imagine they'll split her up from the likes of... Uh, they won't want her taking on the likes of St. Mark's Basilica. But uh, Yorkshire Oaks is the next target for her. She'll be very hard to beat there. Who knows how, more she's going to, how much more she's going to improve. But, look, to be fair... Take out the winner in second. It probably wasn't, with the greatest respect, the strongest of renewals of uh, a Mount Irish Oaks. But all you can do is beat what, what's put in front of you. And uh, she's beaten him fair and square, eight and a half lengths. Very few pillies win an Oaks or a classic and uh, let it be fillies or Calls by that
1: distance. Yeah, no, definitely, and in fairness, it was it was extremely impressive on both both occasions, winning both Oaks as well. Just just on the other races, on the undercard on the day, on Saturday, obviously, we had the ladies' derby on as well. It was won by Elite Trooper Gray. Um, young Georgie Benson was over from England, just got a lucky ride on that one.
5: Yeah, great for Georgie Benson. She has worked for, I think she worked for Gordon Elliott for four years and uh, she that was her fourth winner of her career. She is now based with uh, Alan and Lawney Hill down in the, the West Country in England. Uh, it's a pan-a-pint yard. She was getting plenty of opportunities last year. Obviously, the pan pint season in England, like Ireland, was cut short due to the pandemic. But she's been home for the last couple of months and she's been riding out in Cullantra and I was standing actually where I was based was right kind of close to the winning post the other day and you want to hear the roars were going by the line uh, it was wonderful every jockey let the, you be an amateur or whatever a professional, an apprentice, whatever you cannot beat riding the winner at the car everybody wants to ride a winner at the car it's the home of the classics, it's HQ as you said and uh, the Ladies Derby is quite, a, is quite a prestigious race and every lady riding in it every year uh, wants to win it. and uh, it was wonderful for Georgie Benson, she works very hard and uh, fair play to her, it's a, it's a day she'll never forget.
1: And then switching our attention to yesterday's card, we had two Group 2 races there obviously the Minstrel Stakes went the way of Order of, of Australia but the, the Kilboy Estate Stakes, uh, your good friend trainer Willie McCreary and jockey Billy Lee won it on Insinuendo.
5: Yeah, she's a good filly. Uh, Philly was always going to take a bit of time. Philly I know quite well, a broker here for Willie and uh, owner Michael Deegan. Uh, as a yearling, a uh, beautiful filly, but she was always going to take a bit of time, of course. That is, she won her maiden first time out, at set uh, in another than Gorham Park. Yeah. And uh, that was towards the back end of the season. That was only her first start. This was only her fifth run of her career. She'd already won a group three at Nace. Then she ran a career best race when finishing fourth in the group One pretty, pretty poly. And only her fourth ever start. And she's just improved her racing, this filly. I think there's a lot more to come from her uh, she looked like she was always going to reel in April showers. Uh, maybe just the ground was just tightening up a little bit quick for her. Now, the current done a wonderful, wonderful job in very difficult conditions. But this filly is very effective on heavy ground. That's the quickest she's ever ran in. Uh, run on and I just thought coming down the hill she just wasn't letting herself down but as soon as Billy Lee straightened up he's aimed at Gavin Ryan and next thing she's taken off and she was always going to get there, she's still improving, remember that was only her 5th start, as soon as she's hit the front she's pricked her ears I just think there's so much more improvement to come from this filly. And uh, to be fair to her, it looks like the Group One Matron stakes, which Willie McCreary already has trained the winner of a Solana back a few years ago. That looks her main target. She's a very exciting filly. There's a lot more to come from her, and it wouldn't surprise me if she went on her travels as well. Maybe could end up in America later on in the season. But I would imagine she'd be kept in training next year. But a Group Two winner, Group Three winner now, she's a very, very valuable commodity. And also going back to Order of Australia, he was very impressed. Bounced out, made all in the minstrel. Never looked like he was going to get caught. Uh, looks like the Sussex Stakes at Goodwood next week is his next main target. Of course, he was a winner in uh, one of the Breeders' Cup races last season. And I imagine all roads will lead back to uh, one of the Breeders' Cup races, maybe uh, as an end-of-season target. He could go to Hong Kong as well he
1: could go anywhere no brilliant Kevin as always it's a pleasure to talk to you I look forward to seeing you on Saturday in Gorham Park where we'll have a few customers on track again for the first time in nearly two years so it should be a bit of fun at least we'll be able to have some form of social contact with people
5: ah yeah no Eddie I'm looking forward to going to Goran. and I must say uh, it's what you've done there and I'm a bit biased obviously working for you down in Goran, but uh, what you've done there for the owners uh, who've been back racing you've put on a fantastic uh, show for them and I must compliment Philip O'Brien last week in, in Killarney, Peter Rowan, Fairy House, uh, Town have done a wonderful job as well. There's a couple of other tracks now that need to up their game. They know who they are, but uh, yourselves, and McAvoy and Nace have done a wonderful job as well, but uh, fair play to you. It's great to have people starting to come back, and the Cora done a great job as well the other afternoon, but there's one or two tracks that need to up their game. They don't, I'm not going to mention their names because they know who they are, and, uh, but I must compliment the rest of you. You've done a wonderful job and uh, it'll be great to have Payne Public back in Goran Park to, uh, to uh, have some little bit of normality, but uh, if anybody can go racing, uh, go to Goran on Saturday, and uh, we look forward to seeing you there. Eddie, is the weather gonna going to be is good? It's going to be...
1: Yeah, the forecast isn't too bad, so fingers crossed it'll uh, hold up anyway, get a little bit of shower Saturday morning, have the ground nice and safe for all the jockeys and riders. Kevin, thanks a million as always for taking the
5: call. Great stuff. Many times, uh, at Any
1: anytime. Cheers. That is, of course, Kevin O'Ryan from Racing TV. That's where I'm going to have to wrap up for today's show. Owen is absolutely swinging arms here now. I'm afraid I'm going to get a smack off him. But just before I do let you all go, I just want to say thanks to today's contributors to today's show. Obviously, Owen driving there for us today. Eddie Doyle, who spoke all hurling with me earlier in the show. Anya Fahi, who was speaking all things Camogie. Richie Power, who spoke to us about the Kilkenny game. And, of course, Kevin O'Ryan of Racing TV. Just on another note, I want to wish all the best to Jim Freeman there. He's, of course, one of the main guys of the Kilkenny supporters. Club. Jim is going through a little bit of a tough time at the moment and I just want to, from all of us here in KCLR and from all your friends, we're, we're all rooting for you Jim and we hope everything works out for you over the next couple of weeks. So that's it for full time this week and I look forward to speaking to you all again next Monday night. Stay safe.
3: At La Hearts Skoda Kilkenny, we have 0% PCP finance on a range of models of new Skodas for 212. Yes, that's 0% for a limited time only. With service plans from 12 99 per month, now is the time to order your new 212 Skoda at LaHarts. Visit laharts.ie or call 056 7704 700 to find out more about
0: our great offers. Finance provided by Skoda Financial Services Ireland and subject to lending criteria. Terms and conditions apply.